Hi, I'm Cameron. And I'm Dominique. We both work for Starting Right Now, also known as SRN. A lot of times, homeless youth are spoken for. Often, people assume what homeless youth would need, and I want homeless youth to be able to speak for themselves. We're getting ready to blow up the best kept secret. Beautiful, unaccompanied youth. On this episode of Raising Me, we're talking with Kyle. And I was ready to go, because I was like, I knew I had school the next day. I wasn't trying to be out all night. And we got into a huge fight, and he actually uh, hit me with like a two by four, or the end of a hammer. Hurt, but it made me who I am today. Now through trials and tribulations, I still celebrate. Cause I'm starting right now. I'm starting right now. So why don't you tell us, how were you introduced to starting right now? Uh, so... The way it started was my junior year of high school, I, w- I went to go get my physical done to get uh, to play baseball. When I went to go get my physical done, they told me I had high blood pressure, so they wouldn't let me on the field. So I, didn't, I wasn't living with my parents at the time, and when I went to uh, the walk-in clinic to get it all done, I couldn't have nobody sign off, and then I had nobody to sign to take me to the doctor. I didn't have nothing. So when I told my baseball coach that, he was kind of, like, sad that I couldn't do it. And uh, I didn't get the proper guidance I needed to get it done. And I forgot who. I think the – I'm pretty sure it was – I was going about getting emancipated. I can't remember who told me about the emancipation. But I got emancipated. I was able to go sign off and get back into baseball, kind of. And then – they, when the school found out I got emancipated, Miss Sands mm-hmm. contacted me and she was like, Hey, was your social worker? she was my social worker. Yes, mm-hmm. ma'am. And she had contacted me and said, Hey, I got this really cool program that Mike can help you out. She may have gave me something or gave me a pamphlet or she told me something about it. And she's like, well, we're going to have them come in. You got to get interviewed. They got to accept you. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> but they interviewed me and then I'm pretty sure I got accepted like right away. They were like, yes. Actually, because of starting right now is advocacy, um, the law was passed, which allowed unaccompanied youth the right to a, an, an expedited emancipation trial. Okay, so um, which is important in your case because you, for various reasons, which we'll talk about, needed to be separated from your family, mm-hmm. right? Correct. So I'm glad that you were able to be the beneficiary of starting right now's advocacy. Um, Me too, because that's important. So when you went to the, you said you went to the urgent care. You went mm-hmm. to yeah, I went to I went to like a walk-in, a walk-in clinic. clinic. A walk-in yeah. clinic. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. they send you away? Like you were not able to get care? Uh, no, they didn't send me away. They just told me they cannot sign the paper stating I'm allowed to go on the baseball field because if I have a heart attack because of a hypertensive disorder, that it would fall back on them, mm-hmm. like liability basically. So they wouldn't sign me off. And that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's important to, to like point out that you are a kid in high school who's, for various reasons, living alone, but you're trying to join the baseball team, which seems like a productive thing. Mm-hmm. And because of the circumstances, you're not able to do that. That seems unfair. Yeah. I played um, baseball my whole life, too. So when I got to my junior year and they're like, we can't let you on the field, it was crushing. Okay, so should we, we should probably explain why you were not living with your parents. Definitely. 
Yeah. Because you so, said you're on your own your junior year. Yeah, I so on my own, uh, so why I wasn't I w- exactly. So I wasn't like completely on my own, like out, you know, living next to a dumpster or something. My uh my father's best friend knew the situation I was going through with my parents. My my parents went through like a custody battle when I was like thirteen or fourteen and uh it was a real weird situation so one day i was at my uh my mom's house and i had one of my best friends over and uh my stepdad had been arguing and arguing with me like picking battles with me and wanting to fight constantly and i was like okay i get it i'm young you think i'm nothing i'm dumb i just need to do my chores and well he like really started going off on me one day while my best friend was there and we got into a big time or like a big fight and then uh my mom was like well you can just go live with your dad and my stepdad was completely like cool with it and my mom was completely on his side so we packed up all my stuff one day and i moved out and moved in with my dad and then my dad was a recovering alcoholic like big time and uh he just relapsed and kept relapsing and relapsing and just I was in an environment that wasn't healthy for me. I had the opportunity to be the worst person in the world. I didn't have to go to school. I, I mean, I didn't have to do anything I didn't want to do. Basically, I could sit at home and play Xbox all day if I wanted to. And nobody was going to come tell me otherwise. But it's it's weird when you're in that situation when you're told, no, you can't do something, you want to do it. But when you're just like, hey, you can do this. All right, well, I don't want to do that. I'd rather go to school and just hang out and be around people. So and so how old were you when you moved in with your dad? Uh, so it was around the same time. So beginning of my freshman year, I think I was 14. So you were like 14 so, living by yeah, yourself? Yeah, I was sort 14. Of. Yeah, it was, it was basically 14 because I used to drive him when I got my permit. He he, uh, I would drive him around. Your yeah, because he knew I had a legal permit, mm-hmm. so it would be him. He would be like drunk, or he would pick me up from school and be plastered. So then I would have to drive. Mm-hmm. Probably the the the, man, the worst time, yes, was uh, we were at a family friend's house. And I was ready to go because I was like, I knew I had school the next day. I wasn't trying to be out all night. And we got into a huge fight. And he actually uh, hit me with like a two by four or the end of a hammer. He hit me right on my knee. I can't remember. It was one of the two. Yeah, he hit me with that. And that's when I was like, all right, I'm completely over this. Because mm-hmm. he was out of, also out of town a lot, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he worked for the shipyards and it's like wherever the ship's at, you go. So it was like Louisiana, Alabama, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it would be, I'd be like, all right, I'm going home, you know, because I was used to like, I'm living, like I, I, I survive. Like I would, he would send me money, yes, but I, I knew what to do. I knew how to, uh, uh, what do they call it? Budget yourself. Mm-hmm. I moved out of his house sometime my freshman year and moved in with my uncle starting my sophomore year which is my dad's best friend Ricky so I moved in with him and he is the one who like changed a lot of like hey you 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 don't need to be living in that type of environment this that and the other and then he he's helped me out a lot just as big as starting right now has with my schooling and helping out with living situations and buying really going school clothes shopping i know everybody thinks that's like a big huge thing the first time i ever went school clothes shopping i was like wow this is cool i got Mm -hmm. i got like seven different outfits i could not have to worry about wearing the same thing two or three times a week so it was really cool but uh that's how i 
kind of got to be on my own. Mm-hmm. wasn't completely all on my own, but I did start a job at that same time. I was 15. I was driving to a job on my own with my learner's permit. I know, okay, I, I get it. Like, were you yeah, just- <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, I know. Even though your mom had asked you to leave, were you not in contact with her anymore? Because, I mean, if you were home by yourself with your dad, you no, couldn't see her? Uh, just after that big fight, we just haven't, I mean, it's still, we're in 2020. That mm-hmm. was, when did I start high school? 2009, I think it was, 2010. Mm-hmm. Still haven't, still yeah, haven't talked to her. You have not spoken to her. Still about. haven't talked to her. Literally. Literally. Promise. Serious as a heart attack. I mean, that that might answer my question, but when you were moving out from her house, what were you, how did you feel about that? Mm -hmm. Like, did you miss her? Uh, Somewhat. I mean, it was different because when I lived with my dad, and when I lived, my dad's not my dad's, my dad, uh, that wasn't where my friends were. My friends were in the neighborhood. That's where I played baseball at the Mm -hmm. Little League. You're saying like so, in your mom's neighborhood. In my mom's neighborhood. So yeah. that's, I think I missed that more than anything because now it was, there's nobody over here to hang out with. There's mm. nobody here to like go fishing with or nothing like that. So I think I missed that more than anything. But yeah, I guess it was. I mean, I'm, my mom was my mom for sure. But at the same time, it's like, all right, who's here first, me or my stepdad? Maybe she didn't like want to let go of him or something. I don't know. I guess relationships, I mean, I've been in a relationship for a while now. So it's, Things happen. People are the way they are. Maybe I understand it a little better now than I did then. But, I mean, if I, your kid is, I mean, you created your kid. So I figured they should be, at that age, everything. Like, no matter what. I mean, I'm still young. I'm still living at home. They should mean everything. But maybe we got pushed. I wouldn't say we got pushed to the side. But it wasn't the same. Like, it was all about, like, all right, my stepdad's got to do this. Don't. Don't make him mad. Don't do this. Like, he's got to get his car ready. Don't wake him up. He's working nights. I get that. Don't don't be in the house all day. Like, I understand those things, but it got to a point where it was like, all right, we're doing everything that revolves around him. She just was like, all right, we're doing this for him, this, him, this, him. It's all for him. I was like, okay. And then it became a battle between us, and it's like, all right, you're choosing him, so it's like, now what? Which I'm sure now it's like, it's not that way. Maybe she feels different or outgrown, but I don't know. I haven't. Uh uh. Maybe one day. So were you thinking your freshman year when you go to move in with your dad that things were going to be better with him? Uh, yeah, because so before I moved in with him, he was in rehab for like nine months. Mm -hmm. So when I moved in with him, he wasn't supposed to be drinking or nothing like that. But that quickly, I found out that that wasn't the truth. Mm -hmm. And you said that when you got to your dad's and no one was watching you, you could have done. Yeah. You said you had the opportunity to be the worst person, I think is what you said. Yeah, I could. Exactly. Um, in saying that, are you saying that you were choosing not to do that? Exactly. Yeah. So like I said... I had no one to back me if I were to get in trouble. So, like, if I were to go out and cause havoc and get in trouble and do all these malicious things to people or whatever I wanted to do and went to jail, I have nobody to come bail me out. Or Then if I did get in trouble, I what am I going to – I mean, I'm just going to look like a statistic, you know, like, all right, here I am. No one's paying attention to me. Nobody's watching me. And, all right, yeah, he's supposed to be a troublemaker. Exactly. But I was like, uh, I'm not going to do that. I still got to get through high school. I'm going to get my my uh, 
diploma. It's interesting, though, because you're saying that you didn't have anyone to fall back on. Mm. And I think a lot of people would find that, like you're saying, that a reason to just not care. Like, mm-hmm. that would be, if no one is caring about me, why should I care about myself? And you're saying in your situation, that just made you realize that it was all on you. Right. That you were responsible for right. yourself, which I think is very impressive. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have that insider perspective. Definitely. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, I think of things different, but it's, I mean, you are what you you want to be, you know, and what you surround yourself with. I mean, how many times right. have people yes. told you, you are what you surround yourself with? That's you know? my mom's so, Exactly. <laughs> so, You're the company you yeah, keep. Exactly, right. exactly. But as a 15-year-old living alone or living with your dad and kind of alone, you were saying that you made sure you went to school, you had a job. Correct. Which is very impressive. Like, you're... Very adult. Yes. Even though he was a baby. Even though you were a baby. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't have done that. I know. I don't know why I was that way. I don't. I just knew that, like I said, if I got in trouble, who's there to get me out? And then I just, I want to make money. I want to live. I want to start a life. I don't, I don't. I used to always think when I was younger, I was like, well, when you're a grown up, you can just do whatever you want and pack up and go wherever you want and you'll be all right. And I'm like, well, kind of. But you gotta make yourself financially stable before you can do that. So yeah, you saw the details and get into your ultimate goal. Correct. As you keep saying, you knew you had to get through it. Right. And so exactly. you did. Exactly. Yeah, because I knew I knew what was coming. Like mm-hmm. I knew uh, rent, insurance. I mean, cell phone bills. I was like, I was paying like five dollars for a cell phone through starting right now or whatever it was a month. I was like, I want this. I'll mm-hmm. keep this because a lot of people didn't understand. They got their parents paying for everything. And I feel like uh, kids could benefit from that the most is getting a real-life situation or having real-life situations taught to them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you're not just going to have somebody paying for this your whole life. I understand parents will be like, I'm not going to be here your whole life. You can't do that. But they should, they should really teach something, I think, in schools that is like get you prepared for the real world. Like I'm sure starting right now, is probably one of the most influ- influential things on that. It's like, hey, your your goals, your budgets, like you got to pay for this, teaching you this and that. They should teach that. To, that should be a class. It should be, I mean, a real world class, a real life situation class. Mm-hmm. That's a good point you bring up because that is something we're often make, trying to balance and starting right now that we want to nurture and care and support our students, but we also want to teach them how to be self-sufficient, like mm-hmm. you're saying. And so mm-hmm. there is a balance between giving them all the things they need and teaching them all the things they need to know. How to be responsible young adults. Yeah, how to, yeah. and to make sure that, that you're always welcome in the Starting Right Now community, but hopefully there is a day when you don't need us. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that right. I think my mom and Susan, who do the initial interviews, I think the thing they're looking for is just like um, your potential, just like seeing beyond the like current circumstances and understanding that you want and are able to do and give more. And clearly you had that. Correct. Yeah. There's something else that we didn't clarify about the emancipation that, uh, trial I was gonna... that you just explained. It was that his uncle had to confirm that he could live Oh, why there. he was Correct. able to be emancipated. Correct. It's coming back a little bit now. <laughs> so your uncle, your uncle, Ricky. What, what is the word, um, attested to the court to the fact that you Basically. Could live independently. Basically. I mean, be your parent, quote unquote. Yes. His wife, which I call like my aunt, she came with me to court that day. 
and uh, was there to basically state if he asked me uh, like proof of how where I'm living or something she was there to say and she signed she probably signed off on something saying that I live with her too so I believe that's how it and so was finalized you stayed with your aunt and uncle and had the additional resources through starting right now correct once you were emancipated correct do you remember what day you joined starting right now or you day Ooh, I think it was December 2012 and so you've been in the starting right now program or affiliated with the starting right now program for eight years almost or seven uh, years I guess. 2020 so yeah we'll be, yep. um that's a long time it's a long time does it feel like that long no i feel like i just graduated the other day time flies mm-hmm. i guess when you're doing a lot of things and making life happen it goes by even quicker when you first joined the program did you think that seven eight years from now like this will still be something i'm involved with uh yeah i, I kind of did just because of uh, the people and the the, uh, the surrounding of people that were with it. Mm-hmm. I knew they were all good people, and I just seen myself keeping in contact. I still, my mentor, Delia, mm-hmm. I still talk to her, I mean, at least once a month. And we, do, we, actually, we, <laughs> we actually just went and ate dinner like two weeks ago, I think. They just moved. They've been moving all over. And, yeah, I still keep in contact with them. They're, I mean, she was like a, another grandma to me. I started doing everything we're starting right now, which I knew was going to help me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I realized right away, like, hey, this is an opportunity for, I mean, self-improvement. Like, I could just keep going with this. And sure enough, like, I think uh, me and a couple other starting right now uh, students, we rode around and went to schools and did all kinds of stuff. And we talked about college. And I was like, I don't, I don't even know if that's for me, like, mm-hmm. for sure. And then... I think my mentor may have sent me, she sent me an email or a picture of HCC's thing, and I asked Miss Vicky about it, and she made it happen like that. So, <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> yeah, she made it happen. And I don't even know if there was a seat. She may have even got me a seat. That sounds about right. So right, I was stoked. You were at Hillsborough Community College? It was welding yeah, program. Yeah. It was actually, I was their second year. And actually... I'm I'm like on the poster like for the welding. That's I wish funny. I had a picture. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny uh, how that happened. You mentioned that you no longer talk to your mom. Do you have a relationship with your dad? Uh, no, not really. No, no. Mm-hmm. I, if I, because I see my dad's side of the family more often. Mm-hmm. So like my aunt and basically basically my aunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like maybe Thanksgiving or something. But I just steer clear. I mean, he's nothing. best friend of your uncle Ricky. Was was best was friend. yeah. You mentioned earlier that you might have considered being a firefighter sooner. Are you a firefighter now? I How am. did that happen? You went to school for welding. So yes, I did go to school for welding right out of high school, and uh, I did it. I, I welded for a while. I worked for a couple different companies. Finished EMT school, went right into the fire academy, and then from the fire academy, got a job at Pasco, and then I just. Got hired on at Hillsboro December 2nd. Nice. Congratulations. That's incredible. Yeah. So I just, that, and now the next step is get through paramedic school and mm-hmm. get that knocked out. Do you like doing it? Oh, I love it. It's the best job in the world. Really? Wow. It is absolutely the best job in the world. Why do you say that? I mean, at first, it's like people call it like a giant sleepover. First of all, because you got, I mean, you make friends and everybody's family, like mm-hmm. no matter what, like once you join, yeah, you're the new guy, but they also understand 
at one point in the day, their life could be in your hands or your life could be in their hands. So you are literally family, you know. Is so, having family important to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes you feel like you got people out there that are, are surrounding you with love. And it makes you just feel a little bit more happier. Something basically. I'm very proud of when I look at the collection of, like, older starting right now students is that they are a lot of them are working in jobs which are about service we have a lot of teachers and social workers Mm -hmm. we have people in medicine child advocacy child advocacy advocacy Mm -hmm. yeah domestic abuse prevention Mm -hmm. firefighters emts and like um the idea that we are somehow involved with nurturing people who are generous who are like dedicating their livelihood to being generous people is just amazing. Mm-hmm. That makes me very proud. Great. Like I said, it's the best job in the world for sure, 100%. What advice might you give to a student who was in your predicament when you were in high school? Keep your nose to the ground, keep working, don't stop, don't let distractions uh, pull you out of your path, you know, like network. Meet people, talk to people. That's great advice. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, I can't. Miss Vicky will tell you how many times I've emailed her about jobs because I know how many people she knows. So I, I mean, network with people. Get. I mean, that's one thing I loved about going through all this schooling and meeting everybody because I could figure out what do you know, what do I know, and how can we mingle with that and mm-hmm. see. Or do you need something from me? Do I need something from you? Mm-hmm. So network. That's another. I mean. Meeting Miss Sands to meeting Miss Vicky to, I mean, everything. Meeting Delia, just all these people network with people. Sometimes it isn't what you know, it's who you know. Correct. We say that all the time. (laughs) I think we should give you a chance to talk more about Delia because we started that at the beginning, but we kind of moved on. Delia is awesome. When starting right now was saying that you were going to have this mentor who's this person from the community and y'all are going to have this relationship, this stranger, I mean, eight years ago, um, what were you thinking? At first, I was like, oh, a mentor. Uh, sure, I guess. I'm kind of smart. I don't need nobody to help me. But it wasn't like that at all. She was probably one of the coolest mentors out there, I would say. What made her so cool? Oh, just outgoing, willing to help. We would go uh, eat lunches, go to dinners, go to the movies all the time. Anything I wanted to do, she would right there to help me do it, go with me. Uh, my taxes. Anytime I did my taxes, she was there to help me with my taxes. I mean, she just helped out a tremendous. I can't thank her enough. Do you have um, like a favorite moment with her? I mean, every every time I'm with her, it's great. She's just an awesome, awesome person. I mean, I I can't say enough about her. When like y'all were talking about like getting a mentor and stuff, you're like, okay, I'm getting a mentor. What's that mean? Like, are you gonna try and rule me or like tell me what I can and can't do? But it's completely the opposite. They're there for support and. She's done nothing but support me. And then even now with my girlfriend, I mean, she helps my girlfriend with anything she needs or talks to her. And sometimes they talk more than I do, you know, but it's awesome. I mean, I can't I can't think starting right now and Delia enough because, I mean, just the opportunities that have came about. That's really a testament to how powerful our mentoring program is, that it's not a program that's built for like, Hey, I'm just going to give you these strict parameters and you must do them. Like a part right. there, you're building a relationship together and 
they're just involved in your life as you are involved in theirs, and you really grow to become. Correct. You called her a grandmother. I'm called like a mom figure. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> like a mom yeah, figure correct. in your life. <laughs> right, right. Understood. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's awesome. I mean, I'm sure everybody that I, when I was in starting right now, going through the program and coming there after school every day, doing tutoring and like all the extracurricular activities they had set for us. Uh, I mean, she would make us cookies. I mean, and I would have to like hide them because I'd be like, man, y'all are coming in here eating all my cookies. <laughs> I promise you. That's yeah. cute. Yeah. Is there like but, a specific example you can give where you you realized that she wasn't this person that was just ruling you, but instead was something maybe more? It's hard yeah. because from day one, I mean, she, I mean, she just knew like I was not like in trouble I wasn't doing wrong things or not that anybody in starting right now was but it wasn't like like the guidance she gave me was easy like we just bonded together real easy but it's like every single time we meet it's like I've known you forever Mm. you know it's not just like oh you're just some person I met it's like no now she's like part of my family Mm -hmm. so it's hard to pinpoint one scenario or situation where we met up or like just exploded more than the others. It's just we've always just bonded and connected real easily. And it's, I mean, how many people can just do that with somebody they've never met in their life? We try in our mentoring program to match people based on their interests and their mm-hmm. personality. So, um, well, y'all did good. Yeah, maybe yeah. I, clearly we did right. Well, I mean, yeah. Do you um, think you would ever come back in your future and mentor starting right now, student? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. If if I got to the point where I could take the time away and come and help somebody else, I would 100% give back. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you this? Um, I'm not realizing that someone listening might might not understand why your mom would not have reached out to you after seven or eight years, however long you've been in the program. Uh, she's tried. She's tried. But I think she understands how I feel. I mean, I'm assuming. I don't know. Uh, She's tried, like, through, like, third person, like, my grandmother Mm -hmm. on her side. And that's kind of hard to talk about with somebody, like, it's your family. So it's my grandmother on her side. So it's like, oh, what do I say not to make her sad and make the whole phone call sad now? But, uh, she's tried. I just, I don't, I don't know. I just haven't gotten to that point where... I guess I'm established now more than I was back when this whole thing began. So maybe one day, but I just... It's all about when you're ready. Exa- that's exactly... I mean, I couldn't have said it any better. I just don't know if I'm ready yet. Mm-hmm. Which is totally fine, and no one can determine that for you. I completely agree. However, I do want to say that people... people, And I didn't live your life, so I don't know. But people are capable of change. For sure. Just want to say that. So at some point, it might be something worth considering if you think it's valuable, but that's for you to decide. And I probably, I think I could probably sit down if I wanted to and just talk out because I mean, I'm I'm a rational human being. I'm not going to explode and go crazy like, all right, I'm going to sit, we could sit down and I could listen to what we both have to say. And if we don't come to a conclusion or an agreement that we both agree upon, then life's life, I guess. I mean... I also understand that there are situations in which being separate is perhaps the best option. Like, that does make sense to yeah. me sometimes. Yeah. For I, sure. I, I don't know. I don't feel like there would be a problem or anything. Or I mean, we, 
I just, I don't know. I just haven't talked to her in so long. So it's like one of those things, like maybe one day, I don't know. I just haven't went out of my way. Like I'm trying to get everything done in my life that is going to affect me the most right now, which is my next step is paramedic program. I got three years to get that done. If I don't get that, I lose my job. So I have to get that done and I don't want no distractions or extra things I got to think about. Mm-hmm. So it's, I focus. You're hyper-focused. Right? Exactly. Like mm-hmm. I said, keep your nose to the ground and keep going. Like don't stop, stay motivated and don't be lazy. When, um, when the podcast was brought up to you, why were you eager to participate? Why did you want to? Why did well, you want? Well, when to... she first mentioned it to me, I was nervous. I was like, "Ooh, I'm not. I don't know about that. I might get nervous and not be fumble my words and talk, which I probably have." Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, when she told me about it, people would probably like to hear it, you know. So, and maybe somebody who's in the same situation I was in, you know, doesn't absolutely need all the help y'all can give but something you know like they could be in some kind of situation that is similar to mine and like imagine how many people out there are not telling anybody about their situation at home and you don't have a not, parent or guardian exactly to sign off. or they are nervous about telling somebody because i mean the situation they could get put in or they're just don't just don't want to tell nobody but they're a phenomenal they could be the next superstar in sports or something and here they are afraid to do something and they can't get nothing signed for and now like miss vicky said they could sign for themselves yeah because of your situation and other student situations students that are coded as unaccompanied youth in the school district are now allowed to consent to their own right to play in team sports with the school um which well, is see, yeah, why not? I but mean, you said I, they might be a superstar, but I, in my experience, all of them have been superstars. There you go. One something. way or another. Yeah. Correct. There you go. Why not just make one more better human being out there? Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. Exactly. Ending homelessness one child at a time. Exactly. Or 80. Or 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to say, I'm sure there's a lot more. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of them. Uh, one at a time. Yeah. A lot of time. <laughs> Um, okay. Thank you so much for coming, Kyle, and no sharing your story. You're awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Inspirational. If you're a high school student in Tampa Bay and do not have a stable home or you know someone in this situation, please contact your social worker about starting right now. This podcast is brought to you by Humana Foundation, Hillsboro Education Foundation, and WEDU. If you are listening and want to donate a service or funding, or be a mentor, contact info at startingrightnow.org. Thank you.